0: We're a clean brand. We talked about it in the beginning. Like people just don't give a shit. Like that's not unique, right? Like we said high performance. No one really knows what it means. So I think, you know, we maybe didn't do the best job at the beginning, or we've just really tried to refine that and listen to our customers. So I, it's just changed so much from the beginning.
1: This is limited supply, the place for refreshingly real takes on what D2C is really like. We're your hosts, Nick and Moyes. Let's start talking about money. Get paid monthly and take a year off from running your Shopify business with OpenStore Drive. OpenStore's experts will handle everything, including your business's marketing, customer support, inventory, and more. Shopify businesses with more than 500k in yearly net sales qualify. Head to open.store slash limited for details. All right, we are back with the last episode of the season, season six, last episode before the new year, and we've got a very special guest today. It is my brown brother who looks white, but he's definitely an Indian at this point. He goes by the name of Cody Plofker. Man, I appreciate it. Thanks
2: for having oh, me. That's on. a real compliment. <laughs> yeah, Cody's basically
1: brown. Yeah, I he's an honorary were, brother. I thought you were an honorary. honorary.
0: Don't give me like the full, but give me honorary. But not no, no, I appreciate no, no.
1: it. We, we traded before you got here. I'm an honorary Jew. He's an honorary Indian. Wow. Okay, yeah. great. I appreciate that. And more importantly, I appreciate you guys having me on. I listen. This is like one
0: of the podcasts I listen to pretty much all the time. Big fans of both you guys, and I'm, I'm super excited to chat. But yeah, thanks for having me.
2: We're excited as well. Uh, You're not going to have to listen to this one because you're going to be right here. And uh, can you give us? Well, I, I'll give you a little bit of background, and you tell me a little bit more if you don't mind. You're the chief marketing officer at Jones Road Beauty, and you have been since the brand launched. And I want to say launched like three or four years yeah, ago. Does that years. sound right? Yeah, three yeah, years yeah. ago, and. How big is your organization? Like, what were you doing beforehand? Give us a quick, like, you know, sixty second version. Let, let me yeah. start out by saying, uh, when I buy biographies, the worst part is always like, this is how Harry Truman's mother treated mm-hmm. him, and I'm like, no, get to Harry Truman the president because that's what I care about. Tell me the sixty second biography of what you what you've been up to before *Jones yeah. Road Beauty*.
0: So um, I'll start by saying Jones Road is like family company. My mom's Bobby Brown. So um, a lot of people know it. So she left Bobby Brown Cosmetics, had a long non-compete and decided to to launch Jones Road Beauty. For whatever reason, I was like a direct-to-consumer brand. I've heard that she launched it the day her the non-compete. Day her non-compete expired. And it, yeah, so there was no even like pre-launch or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so I was doing, A, I learned marketing because I had like my own local business and actually learned like digital. Like we kind of like use that to grow it and like. I just have like a one-track mind. So as soon as I started learning that stuff, I just like got hooked on it and thought it was so cool. So we were in like a network with other people and like they heard we were having success. So I just started teaching them. And because like local business was limiting to what you can scale, I was like, oh, like let me make my way over to e-commerce. Cause like I just loved Facebook ads and you can obviously scale so much harder. Um,
2: so you were doing like Facebook ads and marketing for local businesses and in then, the area that you live yeah, in? Yeah,
0: and then started like growth marketing. Okay, now gotcha. it wasn't the area, but it was like a network, like a business group for like same type of businesses. Gotcha. Okay. But it was like, yeah, so so just doing like growth, like freelance stuff. What category was that? Client. It was like
2: medical? Was it home repair? That was, was it, was,
0: it? it was medical. It was okay. like gym and, and medical. Gotcha. Um, okay. And then, yeah, it was like, you know, e-commerce is really cool. You could scale up much faster. So it was doing a lot. It was like kind of do some like private label stuff for agencies or just like freelance stuff. And when um, Jones Road was was launching, the general manager at the time was asking me my opinion on that side of things, and you know, should they go agency or in house? Did I have recommendations? I was like pretty strict, like go go in house. And they were like, we don't know anyone. Do you want to do you want to do it? And I was like, probably not. Like I don't, probably not a good idea to work with my mom and whatever. Yeah. So uh, when they launched though, like it was a small team. Like the expectations weren't high for like the growth. Like Bobby kind of did this more as like a fun thing. It was like a four-person team. So I kind of started consulting because I would just see them something like, you got to do this on the website. You got to have this, this pop-up go in these flows. And it was such a small team. They're like, we have no one to do it. Like, can you do it? So I kind of just started like, you know, consulting and then like doing a lot of things. And fortunately it was working and, it, you know, the business just did really well from the beginning. So they kind of, you know, needed a little bit of help. And honestly, just just went from there.
2: How did your mom find the GM? Like, she had sort of not been operating, it yeah. sounds like, a business for two decades. How did she end up finding the GM for uh,
0: I know our, our, our first employee was, um, who's now our chief product officer. Yeah. Um, so the other person on the C-suite with me, she was the first. I think it was using a recruiter and kind of doing it stealth. Got it. I think she had kind of like a chief of staff at the time who probably was like, sought out a recruiter and just kind of, you know, did it in
1: stealth and, and hired
2: somebody. Okay, so you joined very early. Like, they launch, and you're doing all the marketing right the beginning.
1: So, Jones Road launched in a very competitive space. Like, what was the thinking when you guys were launching around how you're going to cut through the noise? Was it just that you can rely on the Bobby platform? Or, like, how are you thinking about how to differentiate the brand? Definitely the the Bobby thing. But I think I've been, I guess,
0: vocal about this from the beginning. Like, there are a lot of celebrity brands that have much bigger celebrities than than Bobby that – have not done well, right? Like obviously there's honest, there's actually like every day there's a new skincare, celeb skincare brand that's closing. So it's not just that. And I think it, don't get me wrong, it's the biggest advantage. We wouldn't be, you know, half the size that we're at or even less than that without her, but it can't be the only thing. So I think when, when I started the, the, there was so much thought that went into like the visuals, um, went into the product, obviously product's the most important thing. It went into visuals, probably less that really went into that messaging. And it's really like evolved. Like we honestly don't have a brand deck. Like we've had one or two and we've tried and it's just, and we're finally starting to work on it because I think it would be good to have. And it's just amazing to see how much it's evolved over time in terms of who our persona and avatar is and what our unique pillars are. Cause like, for example, like we're a clean brand. We talked about it in the beginning, like people just don't give a shit. Like that's not unique, right? Like we said, high performance, no one really knows what it means. So I think, you know, we maybe didn't do the best job at the beginning,
1: or we've just really tried to refine that and listen to our customers. So I, it's just changed so much from the beginning. So it sounds like visuals were a big thing, uh, which I think your photography might be my favorite. That's good. But then do you feel like, because you guys use TikTok so aggressively to like figure out and do a lot, I feel like you guys use TikTok in an effort to test the messaging that worked well, is that true? Used to, not as much anymore. I, I, we got to do a better job of it, but I, originally like last year,
0: yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like we just shot TV ads last week one of our concepts we call like the origin story. It was um, essentially Bobby talking about how our, our top product here, Miracle Bomb, g- got made. And you know, that's been our top ad concept for the last two years, like spent millions on it. It'll be, I think our top TV ad, that came from a TikTok. Like I was just filming Bobby at her house when she was on like a master class Zoom and I filmed it and it just like took off and went viral, for whatever reason. So like launched that on TikTok ads, launched that on Facebook, like just from my phone. And then we're like, hey, this is pretty good. Let's turn this into like a studio production and have scaled that. And now, so like, I think we did. I think we got to do a better job of getting back to that. Though.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really interesting. You mentioned that like uh, people don't care about clean ingredients or high performance, mm-hmm. and you said that your avatar has changed a lot over the last three yeah. years. I guess let, let me ask two yeah. questions. One is how is that av- how has that customer changed, and two is what makes I'm surprised that they don't care about clean ingredients. I always thought people mm-hmm. cared, but why do you think that they don't? It's just not a question you guys ask it, get asked in customer service. Like what, what gives you that impression?
0: Yeah, for clean, um makeup and and beauty are such it's such a competitive space, yeah. right? There are so many brands. Yeah. Um, and there's also a lot of clean brands. Yeah. Um there's a lot of kind of no makeup makeup brands, but there are a lot of clean brands. So it's just not unique. It's such a sophisticated market and there are so many competitors. So it just doesn't really set you apart. Probably five years ago, it probably was really novel and unique. Yeah. But it feels like almost every new brand is clean.
2: So is it table stakes where you have to be clean or it doesn't even matter if you are clean? Like I can be that's dirty a, for life. Yeah, that's of a good
0: time. question. Um, I think it depends kind of who your you know core Talking consumer comes, is. Okay. I would say a lot more of the newer startups are clean, okay. um, but there's a lot of really successful companies that, that are, aren't. Yeah. yeah.
2: And then how's your customer changed yeah. over time?
0: I think there was a thought that it would probably be uh, younger, millennial, Gen Z. I don't really know where that insight came from, but that was kind of the target. And Probably the uh, same people you fired to make your brand book. <laughs> <laughs> probably, I guess so. But I think, you know, I, I hate to say, like, I, I told you so, but I, I was working on Bobby's, like, she had, like, a supplement brand, kind of, that was, like, a fun thing before. And I was also running the ads for that. And I knew the people that those ads were going to. I saw all the comments. Like, I think, you know, Bobby makes products that, she feels like she needs. And, you know, skin is different at 60 years old than it is going to be at 30. Sure. So it definitely is uh, more of a mature audience. And I also think it's really, it's what we've really leaned into the most lately. It's, first of all, it's such a large market with uh, addressable concerns, and they're not really being marketed to that well by most of the beauty companies. Most of the beauty companies, there's just like, anti-aging kind of like youth thing that, that they try to market. And, you know, we try to take the stance of like pro-aging, like you obviously want to look better, but it's not trying to be look younger. Um, and that's a a market with people that, you know, really, really care and are passionate about these things, have some concerns that we think we can help with and also have disposable income as well.
2: Yeah. Okay. So it's women, basically you thought it would be Young women, it's basically women over the age of 50 or something. Yeah. That and
0: now it's like a problem. Like 80% of our meta spend goes to over 50. And like, yeah. no matter how hard we try to, not instead of, but in addition, target a younger audience, like we just can't seem to to serve them well. It just always delivers to that older audience now.
2: Do you use like ASC? Do you use Advantage Plus Shopping? And you're targeting? okay, gotcha. And they're, it's just going to old people. Yeah, even with like people. creative, everyone's yeah.
0: like, oh, the creative is a targeting. Even with creative that has younger people, it just yeah. still, still goes to older Yeah. Roles.
2: Well, let me ask you, that, is this creative, if you're targeting, if you uh, if Facebook ends up serving yeah. to women over the age of 50, let's say, do women uh, that look younger, or like, let's say they're in their 30s, does that uh, creative work on women over the age of 50, or do you have to end up sort of targeting with uh, people who look like them?
0: That's a really good question. We try to do kind of a balance. We'll do a lot of like mashups that have multiple people, we'll have okay. Bobby yeah. and, and some other talent as That's well. Good. So yeah, we do yeah, both. But yeah, I think if, it, if it's exclusively just younger people, no, because a lot of a lot of it is like, we'll use, you know, models and stuff like that. And they're like, this is so not relatable. Like anything's going to look good on her. She's got perfect skin. So yeah. I do think we, you've got to show, you know, you still want to be aspirational, but you yeah. got to show at least a realistic view of who your customer that you're trying to reach is.
2: I do want to get to Black Friday stuff, but I have a couple more questions before that. Is Facebook your biggest channel for paid acquisition? Yeah. Still? yeah. Okay. Like, By far?
0: It's like more than it should be. Yeah, it's like 80 plus percent of spend. Wow.
2: Okay. And then is number 2 Google or is number 2? Two-
0: yeah, TikTok uh, you, sorry, YouTube has grown pretty big. So yeah, that's number 2 and then TikTok as well. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys do organic YouTube as well? We're just about to start. Now we like literally just started for like some of our holiday stuff. Nice. We're about to start just like building that production team is is work in progress, but it's, it takes so much work.
2: And so you're still doing everything in like, you know, it sounds like when you joined, you're like, we want to do everything in-house yeah. today. That's still the case. You're doing creative in-house?
0: Yeah, we were working with some agencies, kind of learned from them, built our team. We'll work with some like freelancers and, and things like that. But we've got, you know, full time. We're actually about to hire a director of content, but we've got a like, full time content producer, video editors, creative strategists. We still do some not in-house because we just need more creative. But yeah. yeah, the majority of creative is in-house. All media buying, except for Google searches in-house as well wow okay Um, you know you know what's funny i remember like listening to like a lot of your your podcasts that you're on when you're talking about native i remember that you were like still like media buying yourself like when you sold and i almost like had that be a badge of honor it it probably like too much because i don't know the size you're at when you're sold but like until probably like two months ago like i was still doing almost all media buying so like not ideal but like it's so
2: hard to give it up because it's really like the uh, the accelerator right and Mm -hmm. like You want to be in control of that accelerator because you're like, look, uh, I need to like, and also, you know, you're spending $50,000 a day, you know, that's a lot of money, especially if it's your money, or like a lot of your money. And so you want to be like, okay, this ad isn't working. I'm not comfortable losing $5,000 tomorrow on this ad. It's my $5,000. It's it's hard
0: to like trust people to do it. That's right. Yeah.
2: That's part of growing. And um, how did you find the person that is doing media buying today now? Like, you know, um, the
0: team. We've got two. One, they were actually like a family friend connect um, and had some experience and she's really good. And then also, um, so it's a family company. So my, my cousin, we kind of brought him in at like a lower level, you know, position and he's he's kind of helping a lot. Um, you know, now on our growth team as well, but he kind of has, has learned it. Wow, okay. Yeah.
1: The hardest part about giving away media buying is that like, I feel like media, media buying is 20% strategy and what you can learn and 80% gut feeling. Like just knowing you see the trend of the numbers and you're like, okay, this is either going to like, you can feel this is either about to ramp up and hit or it's just going to flop. Do you agree? I agree a little bit, but
2: uh, not entirely. I don't think it's 80% gut feeling. I think it, it like, I remember a really long time ago before you guys were born, uh, there was this company called ad espresso that helped you run. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You guys have them. Um, and, and so the guy, the CEO of ad espresso came into This co-working space that I was in, it was the same co-working space that like Sam Parr was working out of. And it was called Founders Dojo. And he's like, here are two different creatives for Facebook ads. One is this beautiful woman using the skincare product and it looks amazing. And the other is basically a stick figure. Which one do you think looks better? Which one do you think performs better? And everyone's like, obviously the beautiful, like, you know, you paid $5,000 for this photograph. It's a model. You edited it. It looks great. And he's like, the stick figure outperforms it two to one. It's not even close. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, I'll never like, you know, you'll never understand this. In some ways, I think there's still a little truth to that. I think there's there is a little bit of gut feeling when you start seeing um, engagement. uh, But there is a little bit of also like when you're putting up creative. A lot of times you will not know what performs. Yeah. I've probably spent, I've spent at least 50 million and maybe a hundred million dollars by myself on Facebook. And I'm still like, mm, I don't know how this is gonna do.
0: I have absolutely no idea. It's yeah. so hard. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. I think that one's easy to kind of like give to somebody else cause you're just like, we're, we're gonna test it. It's a lot of it is, I do agree with, with Nick. We're all like, there's so many, it depends. It's not like, oh, we always kill an ad or we always, you know, kill a campaign at this level. It's kind of like, well, yes. 1.1 is good if we have this, but if we don't have that, like there's so much it depends and it just takes so much of trying to learn that.
2: Yeah, yeah, there there definitely is a lot of like gut feeling to it. And like, you know, I've had a Facebook ad manager rep who's like, "Um, you know what you should do with this campaign? Turn it off and clone it and see if that one does better. And I'm like, so why would that change it? Like, you know, why would a new campaign perform any different than this existing campaign tomorrow? Yeah. And she's like, I don't know, it just does. And she's right, I don't know why it does, it just does. That's wild. And it is a
1: little silly. Cody, you guys – I don't know if you still do this, but I think – when did Jones Road launch? Uh, October 26, 2020, so just over three years. Okay, so I feel like the first at least two full years, a lot of everything you guys did was through a shade finder, like sending people to a quiz and asking them some questions, collecting Mm -hmm. their email. And then I remember hearing that, uh, you know, like let's let's say my skin tone's uh, brown. I would only ever get email creative with brown – colored skincare and I would only ever see a brown colored pigment in the subject line. Is that true? Not entirely. I think the first part is true. Still, most of our
0: spend goes through quizzes. So like our top products like Miracle Bomb and Foundation, where it's appropriate, goes through quizzes. And we try to personalize like the results to those and as much of That flow as possible, the automations. But I wouldn't say we like do that much segmentation on the other stuff. That would be a crazy amount. Yeah. Yeah. We just don't, we have one person running email. We just don't have the the
1: time. I don't even
0: know how effective it would be. Like it would be worth the
1: time. Why do you think uh, the quiz works so well though? Because for so many people, the quiz funnel just doesn't work. And it's because Mm -hmm. it's like somebody just sees your ad while they're trying to watch a funny video. And then now you're asking them to do more work. But you Mm -hmm. guys have been insanely successful Mm -hmm. with this. Whereas, I'd say 95% of brands just don't. I think we're probably just in like the perfect category where
0: it makes sense. Like 2% of beauty purchases happen online in general, right? Like the number one biggest and this will be a good segue into Black Friday, but the number one biggest objection is always, how do I find my shade? How do I know if it's the right color for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really just how we position it. We don't really talk about the quiz that much like in ads. So we send to a landing page, either a listicle or what we call a Trojan horse. It's got like all of the information on the product. And the call to action is just cho- choose your shade. And so it's a quiz that just kind of gives them their shade. So I think it just really helps to understand you know, their biggest objection, which is, how do I know what shade is right for me? Uh, obviously, we collect email. We make it optional, but we still collect a ton of email. So... There's a ton of you know value and also the first-party data. We're not like like an ill maquillage. We don't have like a data team or anything like that. So I'm not saying we're leveraging it to that potential, but we still use a lot of the data to help us learn as well as to personalize things somewhat. But I think it's just a shade finding component.
1: And do you remember the difference in your cost of an email acquisition between when you drove people directly to the quiz versus through a landing page that clicked through to a quiz? I don't remember looking at that. We just kind of looked at like conversion rate, and we just tested
0: multiple different journeys of that. Got so it. we would test like landing page to PDP, landing page straight to checkout, landing page to quiz, and then we've also done quiz to you know to lander because that's how Ilmaki does. Just what we found worked best was landing page to to quiz for us. Got it. Just huh. on just on like conversion rate and like revenue per session, uh, we haven't looked at like email for that.
2: How many steps to the quiz are there? There's
0: probably like six or seven questions. Okay. Hmm. we've got a few. So we've got yeah. like four quizzes. So anything where it makes sense, it's like a hero product where like they actually need help finding their shade.
2: How often are you testing the quiz? Is it all the time or is it like you've dialed it in now? No, it's not even that we've dialed it in. It's just like we're a bootstrap team. Yeah, yeah. We're, sure. we're, yeah,
0: we're super yeah. lean. Yeah, yeah. Um, we should test more. We haven't even been testing Landers that much lately. So we should be doing more. It's just focus.
2: When you're running ads at the scale you're running them, do you have to back off from a conversion event? Are you still purchase only or do you back off to add to cart or like upper funnel? It's a great question.
0: We've been testing a lot. I don't know if I have the answer. We've been doing a lot of reach stuff, have been getting some pretty good incremental uh, lift on that. What we found probably like six months ago, maybe five months ago, was like no matter what we did, we were just reaching the same people over and yeah. over and over. Yeah. Part of that, I think, is creative diversity, but I also think part of that is just the purchase optimized things. And we didn't really have like a true upper funnel like other channels. I think other brands our size were probably more diversified in their channel mix, and so we didn't really have the bandwidth to do TV ads at the time or something sure. like that. So we tested reach. We've tested it uh, two or three times. We u- we use like an incrementality tool um, where we test it, and we've seen a pretty good lift from that. We haven't tested as much like lower. F- or mid-funnel events, like add to cart, landing page views. We've done a little bit. Um, what I really want to do is I want to take our quiz, keep the funnel the same, but just have a campaign where we're optimizing for like quiz completions and run that over like a 12-week period, just like very small holdout and see how incremental that is.
2: Well, your conversion event is the quiz completion. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, haven't done that, but I'll be sure to... Update you when we
2: do. Okay. And you moved a little bit further upper funnel. You've tested add to or possibly uh view content, but really you're doing reach as yeah.
0: Yeah, we were actually yeah, advised by our meta reps to like kind of like yeah. skip some of, of that course stuff. You were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> no, but there there were that we did. So we we rolled out, we essentially did a reach test. We did a two-cell test, which is like most of the country is gonna get just our normal business as usual, which is just purchase. So it's yeah. a mix of advantage plus and, and manual purchase. And then a small bit of the country, so it's like that's 20% of the country, that's the holdout. And then 80% of the country is going to get conversion plus reach. So that's the only thing that changed. Mm. We ran it for two weeks with like a two-week look back, which is not really a long enough time for reach. And I had no idea how to buy reach. So I think we messed up a lot of that stuff, but we still found a lift. It wasn't that efficient, but there was still like a 2% incremental lift on that, meaning like we got 2% more new customers when we ran reach compared to not it wasn't as efficient as we wanted to be. So our meta reps were like, dude, you have no idea what you're doing with reach. Cause like, you know how normally on like a purchase uh, objective, you don't even have to select a gender or an age demo and it'll optimize. So that works when you're optimizing for a purchase event, when you're optimizing for impressions, it's gonna deliver to the cheapest impression. So like, Mm -hmm. as I was saying before, like most of our our spend on purchase goes to an older audience. Uh, Half our spend went to like 18 year olds. And like, that was not right. Half of our spend went to males. And also our creative was like just our normal creative. Like we didn't produce new creatives for it. And we still found a lift. So what we did, and this is again, another segue into Black Friday, we launched a longer term test. So we did a six week test, a three cell test. So this time we did just purchase, which was a holdout purchase plus landing page views. Um, so that's kind of like the full funnel approach, kind of having all of those. And then uh, well, I'm sorry, before 30. you get,
2: yeah. purchase plus landing page views, what is that? Like, are those two yeah. different campaigns? Like, what is that Okay, mean?
0: sorry. So essentially think of having three different cells where we're, imagine you break up the country into thirds. Okay. You're doing different treatments and you're only changing one variable in each. Okay. So, so one, one is purchase. Okay. So one is just purchase, which yeah. we'll call the holdout. That's like our business as usual. Yeah. One is purchase plus reach. So okay. that's cell two. Yeah. That's just upper funnel plus bottom funnel. And then a third one, we wanted to try a full funnel approach. So it had reach, it had purchase, which is bottom, but we also had some mid funnel events. We chose landing page views for that. Yeah, We started that end of September because we have a lot of like, like our busy season is pretty much fall, like end of Q3 to Q4. Like we've got a lot of launches. So we kind of started that and honestly didn't do a proper look back until after Black Friday. And I do think that it was, it, it was really effective. I'm still trying to figure out how effective, because like it's still different to measure than a purchase thing. But, so yeah, what, what we found was was uh, the mid-funnel one didn't really do much, but just a reach on top
2: of it performed
1: really well. Okay, so the one targeted. with landing
2: page views. The third cell wasn't it. It was the second cell that won. Yeah, but, yeah. Okay, gotcha. And just that was reach. very
1: targeted reach. Or that was unoptimized reach. Yeah, yeah. So we, we
0: did a better job. Like, we yeah. targeted the proper ages. We got targeted it. the proper um, demos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we we got our frequency higher. It was too low on the first time. So we try to learn from our mistakes, but I think our our thought process was because we saw the impact from the first time we did it, um, and we didn't do it properly. We wanted to give it a better test, and it's again, it's hard to measure. But I really do think that's one of the reasons we had such a successful Black Friday. Is like we really tried to fill that funnel up ahead of time.
1: Nice.
2: Want to take time off from running your current Shopify business to build your next Shopify business? When you join Open Store Drive, you can take twelve months off to pursue other ventures while still getting paid. You'll receive guaranteed monthly payments for a year, and OpenStore will manage everything, including your business's marketing, customer support, inventory, and more. Shopify businesses with more than $500,000 in yearly net sales qualify. Head to open.store slash limited for details. Okay, so Black Friday, I think your sale actually was only Black Friday to Cyber Cyber Monday, Monday. yeah. When did you start preparing from it? From a team and strategy perspective. And then when did you like, was there a day where you're like, okay, we're gonna start trying to fill up that upper funnel today? Or was that did that just happen yeah. because it happened?
0: It's a good question. So we we <coughs> try not to do like a traditional discount. So our best selling product is Miracle Bomb. And again, people's biggest objection is, you know, it's thirty-eight dollars and you know, our AOV is much higher than, than that. So it's kind of, they're like, I don't know how to find my shade. They're like, do you guys have minis? Like if you look at comments on our ads all year round, it's it's minis. So we've we've sold a set of four minis every Black Friday that we've we've had, so three. And we've always sold out on the first day. We just have never had nearly enough. We do it twice a year, so we do it Memorial Day as well. So I think we knew that demand would be there. We still sold out on Memorial Day after like a day and a half. So I remember calling our, our, our head of product, it was like, order more, like get as many as you can. She's like, I can't only, I, like we're limited by jars, yeah. but we got as many as we could. Um, I think it was eight times more than Black Friday last year. So it was the first time where I felt like we actually had enough to really push it. Like it wouldn't make sense to fill the funnel more and spend money sure. doing it if we don't have it. So it was probably, I would say September is when we really got thoughtful about it. That's when we launched that upper funnel campaign. That's when we really tried to get, you know, smart about how we are forecasting and being able to be more aggressive, filling that funnel. Again, we're you know, not on TV yet, not on some larger things, but trying to put some more investment into you know, YouTube ads and upper funnel reach stuff and mm-hmm. just spending more in general.
2: Was there a Black Friday sort of budget? Are you like, okay, we need to fill this upper funnel. Let's. It's September and October. Let's fill it with this much. Or were you looking at performance, being like, okay, we've, you know, if we do reach, this is our CPA. We're still profitable, so it's okay. Like, did you think, okay, we just need to fill up the upper funnel, or were yeah. you thinking about it like uh, dollar wise?
0: Both. We we kind of optimize off of like a blended MER AMER, you okay. know, perspective. So it's got to be in there. So it's not. Like Explain
2: can, what MER is, just for people yeah, who go, of course. yeah.
0: So MER is essentially blended ROAS. It's uh revenue divided by spend, um, just because attribution, you can go so far down a rabbit hole with attribution, Yeah, that it, it. it's best to keep it simple. And it's really just media efficiency ratio. So let's just say we want to spend 25% of our revenue on ads. That's, you know, a five MER, right? Uh, that's some businesses target.
1: Four, 20 um,
2: yeah, percent
0: Yeah, sorry, that's a four. Yeah, yeah. 20% would be a five. Um, and then AMER is that same thing, but just looking at new customer revenue. So new customer revenue divided by spend, that could also be called like a blended new customer ROAS. Yeah. Um, again, just because, you know, especially as you are spending a lot and on multiple different channels, you know, it's very hard to be like, oh, that was a Facebook conversion. That was yes. a Google conversion. Yes. So that's how we, we do it. What we will do and did do is kind of try to maybe be a little bit more aggressive and maybe slightly less efficient leading up to it. And just forecast that out. Hopefully, like we have at least enough historical data now that we can kind of see when we are more efficient, when we are less efficient. So if we know, let's just say the goal is a five MER, but we know Black Friday weekend or up to that, you're going to be at like a six, seven, that allows you to run at like a four, a yeah. three and a half earlier. I'm just making up those numbers, but that's kind of like how we went about it.
2: Do you target a certain segment? God, I love this conversation. I love talking about marketing. It's It's so good. Do you target a certain, uh, like, are you like, hey, we're ready to spend 25% of revenue on marketing? Is there a number there? Is it 25%? Is it 20%? Is it 40%? Like, you know, it shouldn't be, I wouldn't guess it's not 40%, but is there a number there?
0: Um, I can't share the specific numbers, but what we've done up through this year is we have targeted that kind of a certain percent, you know. Uh, of our net revenue on marketing, yeah, um, you know the majority of that is is paid media, and then there's obviously any other marketing costs in there. Sure, that has kind of been how we've done it. We've never really we've been fortunate enough to grow very quickly. We haven't had to think about necessarily growth versus efficiency. Yeah, and I think that'll change. I think we're getting to a size where it might be a little bit harder to come by. We need yeah. to invest a little bit more, but we we want to do so not at the expense of profitability. We don't want to grow for revenue sake. We want to grow for bottom line. And so, you know, I know you guys had Ben on and that was a great podcast, but really thinking about, you know, maximizing contribution dollars. So our our shift for next year is going from efficiency. So optimizing MER, AMER to optimizing our spend and, and marketing to total contribution dollars. And that might mean it's at a smaller percentage. So it might mean we're actually spending more as a percent on ads, but Total Over. dollars will be higher. Yeah, exactly. And not just revenue, but yeah. also contribution dollars, which all else being equal leads to more EBITDA dollars.
2: Okay, so there has been like a th- uh, thought of like, this is our marketing budget in the past of like a percentage. And you yeah, think it's a percentage but it's
0: variable. Yeah. It's not like, oh, it's 2 million. It's yeah. like, hey, it's 20%. Yeah, if-, so if
2: you grow top line a ton, the market exactly. budget goes up Yeah. Today. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so you, you start in September, start spending money to fill up that top of the funnel. You launch these uh, four minis. Is that really the... Is that the Black Friday and Cyber Monday offer? Is that like is there any there's no discount?
0: There, there's a small discount in there. That's really our main offer. We we don't sell them year-round. We say they're $18 a yeah. piece. We've always sold them for seven for sixteen dollars a piece. So yeah. there's like a it was like a 10% or whatever. We decided this year to sell them for $17. Yeah, um, it's
2: four for like sixty-four to, or 60 68 dollars. Yeah, used to be
0: sixty-four yeah. because I actually wanted to do it for 18 and yeah. um It was like a back and forth between me and our chief product officer, and we kind of aligned in the middle. I think she wanted to kill me when I said 18, but my my thinking was like, if we think we're going to sell out, we're not sure. Like, you know, people aren't buying these because of the deal and the price. They're buying them for the other reasons they want it. If the demand is there, we did the math. Why not make six to seven figures extra profit without changing anything?
2: And so uh, there's four of them. There yeah. You get four mini Miracle bombs for yeah. $68. Yeah. Do you choose the four colors? They can choose. You choose they the four choose colors instead. Yeah. So uh, how do you think about inventory? Like, who's thinking about inventory planning? Like, yeah, I get the jars are a big deal. Yeah. But at some point you got to be like, does this color sell way better than yeah. this color? We have to have like, who's who's doing that? So on our product
0: and product and ops team, we have a senior director of demand planning. Okay. So she kind of does demand supply planning, all of those. We are now working like super close with marketing to be able to kind of realize, you know, spend plans and really try to marry up what, what we're spending and how aggressive we're trying to be with our supply. But yeah, they kind of do that and they look historically at our our assortment of different SKUs. Yeah.
2: Did know. you guys run out this Black Friday for Miracle? Uh, for no, we, we miracle.
0: didn't. Okay. We we sold a lot. I mean, yeah. I think you guys probably saw like Har- it was so cool because Harley shouted us out. Yeah, I saw like that. CBS yeah. and Fox and stuff like that. We sold out of, I think, three shades. We okay, sold gotcha. out of probably four shades in the UK. So we we had enough and and we pushed Ben really hard.
2: Uh, one other question I had. Sorry, and then I'll let you go. Uh, on the you you were talking about the marketing cost yeah. as a percentage of revenue. Like you know, one of the hard parts is when you have an agency. Well, uh, let me ask you this: uh, when you have an agency, you're like, okay, this agency cost is probably a marketing cost. Like, who's running Google yeah. Ads? When you have it in house, it's a little unclear. Is your in house marketing team part of the marketing expense or not? Or part of no, the-
0: no, okay. that's a really good question, and I think probably everybody does it a little bit differently right now we still have a lot of things in under marketing that shouldn't be. And like I tried, we just didn't want to move them out like mid-year. Like we have website under marketing, which is like not marketing. That's like a sales expense. That's like a Shopify variable fee. So I think anything that's, that's truly marketing that's related to customer acquisition costs should be in marketing. And it should be just things that are variable. I think it's really important to split out anything that's variable from fixed. And so even like, softwares or agencies, if they are on a uh, fixed cost, if you make, you know, a million dollars or 10 and you pay them the same, that should be an OPEX. That shouldn't be in marketing. Um, if it's something, again, we don't have many agencies, but if, if like, you do have an agency, you're playing a percentage of spend, that should be in marketing, in my opinion.
2: <laughs> wow, that's really interesting. You don't, do you not agree? Um, you know, it's yeah. not that I ag- yeah. agree or disagree. Yeah. It's that it just makes... Incentive so hard, like look, I mean, you're a family business, yeah. and so it's very different. But if you were like a, a like a publicly traded business or yeah. completely unrelated uh, yeah. business partners, and you know the uh, chief marketing officer would be incentivized based on like marketing spend, right? Then if I were in your shoes, for instance, and obviously you're yeah, not doing yeah. this, I'd be like, okay, I can only hire people who have fixed marketing. Like, you know, you're a Google agency. I can pay you $20,000 a month. I cannot pay sure. you a that's percentage fair. of revenue. And that's where it gets a little bit, like, uh, touchy. But, that's like, fair. you know, you're not there. You are know, like, you know, yours is a closely held organization. That's so fair.
0: That's fair. Yeah, I just care about, about EBITDA and what going to do that. Yes, but, yeah, right. I
2: think depending on
0: how you structure it, you can definitely get. Some bad incentives. I think the reason I like this is because you can forecast and kind of really understand what next year is going to look like. We don't, if we're going to spend more on ads, we don't really need another
1: media buyer. We don't need that. We might need more creative. So maybe that's a variable thing, but yeah, Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. What is your Black Friday marketing SWAT team? What did that look like in terms of like, I assume you guys would have maybe hourly check-ins or every other hour you guys would check in, but like who all was in that team? I think we probably start on like the upside. Like that's so important
0: because we're not running a discount where you know, it's, it's very inventory related. So we've got, you know, our demand planner, our chief product officer who kind of oversees all product and, 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 ops. Um, and a few people on the ops team, very closely monitoring inventory, NetSuite, things like that, giving pretty much hourly to, you know, every few hours updates on inventory and, and sellout times. Cause that, that's most important. It's like, we've got to optimize towards that in, in inventory. And then on the marketing team, you know, myself, like I, I'm pretty much running the media this, like that weekend, just cause it's, to me it's that important um growth manager back at it huh yeah, I, I, can't I, get away from it it was so it. much fun it was so much fun um that growth manager
1: who who helps a lot and then you know growth kind of coordinator really that's just that's our team how many emails did you guys send out and what percentage yeah. of revenue yeah. was driven by email
0: so and then super quickly you didn't ask cuz i know ben said like they do like hourly meetings we just did everything async okay. um, but we we're just slacking away i think we had Um, I posted something on Twitter, we had like some like 60, 70 comment thread chains, because I would just be like, here's today's pacing update, here's what we're at, like, I'm going to pull back here. And like, anytime we made a change, I would just kind of like log it there, we would log it there. So we kind of just did everything async. But like, we were were on pretty much all weekend. You know, we stayed up till, you know, 2.30 the first night, just making sure everything went smoothly. It didn't. So I'm glad we were up, like, all of our new campaigns didn't start spending right away, our ASCs. So it's good that we had other stuff going. And then, Are you limited to eight ASC campaigns? I have no idea. Okay. I've never done more gotcha. than that, so I don't even know. Okay, yeah, no, we've no. only got a few. And then, yeah, for, for email, we probably sent more than normal, probably much less than most brands. I think we sent three on the first day, two texts, probably one to two every day, and then two on the final day. So probably less than most, mm-hmm. but was definitely, I pushed for it. It was normal, higher than our normal. Um, when we look at email revenue, we don't look at Clavio, um, So we, we'll just like, look at GA, you know, last click, or something like that directionally. Um, normally we're about 20%. We were honestly, I I couldn't tell you, but it was pretty high. Like a lot of repeat revenue these days, so probably closer to 30 or 40.
1: Do you have a good understanding of what percentage of revenue came, uh, new customers organically? New? Yes. Organic? I don't know.
0: I, I have such a hard time splitting between like a paid customer or organic. So I don't really look at
1: that, but like new versus repeat. Yeah. And, uh, I also noticed you guys have a new pop-up for SMS number collection with the opt-in. How does that work? I think it's crushing. I yeah. don't really know the specifics of it. I just know when we've heard it it's live. doubled when uh, we flipped it live. Many I'll, people.
0: I'll send you like our our forecast. It looks like the line is broken on wow. it. Wow. Yeah, I know
1: that. Have you crushing. seen this, Moise? No. What's that? So you know how uh, you know that meme on Twitter that's like the best Apple feature? It's like when you get a verification text, yeah. you can just touch it. In. Yeah. So Postscript just built this, and uh, Jones that's what they're
2: supposed like, to be launched. Is that the thing yeah, that's on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What and is it's that?
1: like tripled opt-in rate from for the stores that they've put it on. But it's basically like you put your email in, you hit submit, you put the phone number in, you hit submit. Normally you now have to leave the site and, and click this, yes. this is what kills conversion rate. Mm-hmm. But now the number just pops in. You just tap the number in the keyboard. It puts it in the pop up and you hit submit. And then you get like, you know, if you're using fondue, you get a cashback offer in the cart or whatever the deal is. It auto applies, but you don't have to leave the site. Who's doing that? Like, let me see an example. Uh, go to Jones Road site or go you guys to are doing true it. classic yeah. or uh, Caraway. Yeah. It's like exploded our list growth. It's been crazy. Yeah. yeah. Is amazing. it mobile
2: specific? Is yeah, it mobile? Yeah. Do it okay. on your iPhone. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna yeah. do it after this. Um, okay. Gotcha. Uh, so there was this glossy article about you guys. It said that you sold three hundred seventy-five thousand miracle Balm mini kits. Yeah. Is that right? No. We that's we sold that many units, not kits. Okay. Gotcha. How yeah. many units? Okay. Yeah. Because they were like, this is twenty-five million dollars in revenue, and I was yeah. like, this must have been an insane. Yeah.
0: It, it was still big, but it was yeah. yeah. You 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 can do the math, but it wasn't uh. Just divide that by four.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. And then there, there must have been a lift. All like, well, let me ask yeah. you this: uh, Were people like, where the fuck is my discount? Where is anyone asking, where's this discount? Or like, a lot of people gonna, do, okay, but yeah. I think not. Yeah, your brand. That, yeah,
0: yeah. Now that we're a giant brand, but still, when you get to a, to a size, I think you know, there's always going to be comments and always going to be detractors. There were a lot of comments about the price being crazy for a mini, but you yeah. know, I think it's hard to please everybody. I think we want to do what's totally. right, but we also. Our business, sure, well.
2: yeah, of course. And then, did you see an like you know, did it also uplift regular miracle bombs? or were, were people like, oh, there's no discount, I'm just gonna wait, or like, how did it work?
0: We do see an, an uplift. I think because people are getting above the free shipping threshold and yeah. stuff like that. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so we we actually don't even see cannibalization. It's not like people are buying the full size less. So yeah, we we see an uplift on pretty much everything.
2: And is it mostly new customers who are buying? Like this is what I, like yeah. if, you know, miracle bomb yeah. is your number one seller. If I bought miracle bomb in the past, I probably understand what shade I should get. Or like, you know, so so why am I like why are people buying the kits or is it new customers buying the kits? Tell me a little bit about yeah, how you can Kind talk about
0: of that. kind of combo. So one thing that we've done before that was like different this year, usually we tell people like uh, the day ahead of time, we'll kinda of tease it. Like, yeah. I, I hate it because once you tell something, tell somebody that something is coming, revenue just from return customers mm-hmm. just plummets. This year we decided, and I, I was so worried about it, we actually told them on Monday. And so we we did a sign-up page, we we developed like a really quick page, actually ran ads to it. And I think that gave, you know. One one reason it did well, but I think it gave repeat customers and, and new a lot of time to really kind of prepare and, and find their shades and get ready for it. So we saw like really strong repeat customer revenue. Miracle Balm is like, you can have multiple shades. Um, it's not like a foundation where like you've, you've got one. There's a lot of different use cases to it. So like people some people will buy all 10 or all gotcha. 12. And so it's kind of a combination. So you might have your shade, but you might want to try more and this is the best time to do it. Gifting, it's also really good yeah. for gifting and stocking stuffers. And then new is a big one.
2: Uh, okay. Let me ask you about that yeah. sign-up page. So on Monday you yeah. send out an email saying, Hey, we're launching this miracle Balm thing of miracle bomb, thing, a mini, miracle bomb yeah. minis for, for $68 yeah. sign up. If you want to be notified. Not to email. Cause we, we already had their emails. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. I think we told that's them an
0: email. I think we might've like, <laughs> right. We would segment. So if we got their email and not text, we would tell them to sign up for that. Gotcha. Okay. We've got
2: this Facebook group. That's got like 30,000 oh, gotcha, yeah. people in it. So we might grab people out. that but um, that's okay. Sorry, just to interrupt there. You sent out an email being like, hey, uh, sign up for this. We only have your email address. You need to give us your text message. We don't say it. We try not to say it, but yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, send them to the Facebook group.
0: But we also ran ads to it. We ran like ads optimizing for people signing up for that. What was Um, the cost per email address on those ads? Do you have a 99 cents. I I was expecting $3, but it converted 58%. So we we got like 20K um, signups from that. Again, it's hard to know
1: How that converted, but overall that yeah. Could you do a uh, look back to see what your CPA would have been or CPO? You you can and like on the attribution
0: side, it looked really good. It's just hard to know if that was incremental or not if they would have purchased otherwise. But just on that segment, like looked really good. Um, And then yeah, like social stories and stuff like that, and a lot of our like earned media, like influencers, they posted the sign up page. So I, I think that helped a little bit, but what was crazy? We usually see our biggest spike at like the eight AM hour when we've done this before, because we told them so early. Um, our people just get super loyal. They stayed up till midnight. Wow, um, so so our so our peak exactly. hour was the first hour. It was midnight. It was like the oh yeah, peak. really? Didn't
1: you, didn't you do like all of last year's revenue or something? In yeah, I think in, in, the in like first forty minutes? minutes or something. Yeah. it was
2: wild. Well, yeah. your busiest hour was midnight was to midnight, one AM. Yeah, yeah. I People were
1: texting Cody on Black Friday
2: and he's like, "We, we some already did it." Yeah, wow. it was
0: wild. Yeah, because people just, you know, people actually stay up because every time we've done this before, we've sold out super quickly. And so I think that's why we mm. we wanted to tell them. We're like, it's such a busy time with all the promotions. Like we actually have inventory. We're not gonna do this again for six months or whatever. Like yeah. We want people to make sure they don't miss it. So that's why we told them early. Um, I think it worked.
2: Let me ask two questions. And one is with the excess miracle yeah. ball minis that you didn't sell, yeah. do you just keep them till Memorial Day? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And then two is You know, when you look back on it, what are some of the mistakes you made? Did you like not have enough faith that should you, instead of eight times, should you order 16 times? you know, an email address was 99 cents. Did you have spent like, what are yeah. some of the things that you wish you had done? It's
0: a great question. Um, Super quickly, just on the other question, we will do a lot of like kits throughout the year, kind of yeah. like bundles. Yeah, yeah, So there's so like we, a platinum we'll use kit. That. It. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So like we did a lot of holiday ones. We will put mini miracle bombs in that. So okay. we'll, do, we'll do a bunch of them. And, and then you then we'll,
2: get to choose the mini miracle color that you get in uh,
0: there. Right? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. It's okay. kind of all different, Um, but it's great for acquisition, higher AOV and you yeah. get the mini. Uh, but we'll also use them for Memorial Day. No, we, we ordered the max we could. I'm really happy about the the number we ordered. It didn't break the bank, but it gave us, it was the first year that we were limited on demand and not supply. Every other year we were, we were limited on you know the supply of it and we pushed really hard. I don't really think I would have spent more, maybe a little bit more leading up to it. We were slightly more efficient, but I mean, we spent a lot. We spent almost a million on Black Friday. So like, I don't really know how much on more- On ads. Spent. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I don't know how much more we really could have spent. We probably could have spent more leading up to it. I would have spent more on that email- capture it, then yeah go into it
2: mm-hmm. okay and so million and of okay. that million dollar nearly million dollars yeah. you spent most was 80 percent was facebook
0: and on a day like that even higher yeah okay um, it's, it's probably 90 on that but okay. youtube did well tiktok did well but
2: it's it's such a small yeah, percent percentage spend. Did, yeah, yeah. yeah um what do you use to pay for facebook ads we do amex so how many times are you paying that amex down because like uh or is your credit limit a million dollars it is but i was still freaking out i sent you yeah. know
0: slacks and i didn't hear back in slack to our controller so i sent like a, all caps email like we got to pay this off because like if you hit your limit and your um ad stop yeah, yeah, yeah right, you're, down. You're, you're, you're fucked yeah. so like we are even we we're trying to be as on top of it as i could and i would give the forecast but we were spending so much above what our forecasts were i thought yeah. we would spend 350 on black friday or something like that yeah. and that still would have been high um so we we were pretty much paying it down every day but yeah. um yeah we we want the we want the points and the cash back. Um, yeah, you know, it, it adds up over time, and fortunately, we're in a pretty good cash flow position, so we don't necessarily need float or anything like that. Yeah,
2: just so, uh, well, I'm yeah. sure you know this, but on Uh-oh. Facebook, you can have a default payment method, and then there's a backup payment method. Mm-hmm. So when your default one fails, it goes to your backup, so that the ads don't turn. We off. do
0: have a backup. We still have had it in the past. It, yeah, when we were it, with issues, yeah, different card yeah, with yeah, issues. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I would love to talk about like the stuff that went wrong, like definitely what we could improve, but like there's also all, always things that go wrong and. Kind of casualties of a successful weekend even. Totally. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's no, like, you know, this is, you're fighting a war yeah. and you know, there's always going to be issues that go along with that. So
0: last year we, when we sold out, we oversold, um, cause there's always some sinking issues and delays. We oversold flush. So one of the shades. So what we did is we had our, uh, our 3PL, uh, fulfill full size for anybody that got uh, yeah, a mid- partial, mid- mid- yeah. um, and kind of, you know, we, we gave them the option to either cancel their order, refund that piece, or get the full size. Most people kept the full size because they appreciated it. We asked them this year via email to to remove that that script that they wrote, but they didn't. So all of the people that ordered uh, the mini for that shade that got fulfilled got a full size. So obviously we had to deal with that. And because we sold so much more, I think it was like 50,000 orders that had that. We were able to stop. I think only 20,000 of them fulfilled before we found it. We're going to make the, the 3PL pay for that because that was their mistake. And we've got it in writing that, you know, that we asked them to, to change it. But obviously that is an inconvenience. Our CX team, they have to do a lot of work. Fortunately, um, you know, we're, we're offering to let people keep the full size and ship them the the partial size. We actually have the inventory this year. But it's, you know, that's annoying. And thank God they're willing to cover because that could be very costly. Yeah, um, We had to like sever our tie to NetSuite and like the syncing thing. Um, and do a lot of it manually because there was just so much going. And then we don't have a data warehouse yet. Um, again, it was also our biggest CXQ of the year. I think we have like twenty five hundred tickets still, but like yeah. we had like five thousand at the time. Yeah. So not prepared for that. And then yeah, we don't have a warehouse. So we use something called Funnel, which is almost like a super metrics alternative to kind of pipe in you know data from ad platforms and Shopify into Google Sheets. And like it stopped working. Like I don't know Ooh. if it'll even get to working again. So like we've been putting everything in manually. Um, so there's just always this like annoying stuff that goes wrong.
2: Was that script that the 3PL was using to upgrade yeah. from mini to f- uh, full-size operating all year from last year to this year? Or was it yeah. just Black Friday? Uh,
0: yeah, it was operating, but we only
1: sell it twice a year. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, so, it was it, just, so it's just Memorial so Day. No and, yeah. Yeah, oh, wow, that is I'm curious what your tech stack looks like. Like, you mentioned Funnel. What else? Yeah. Outside of the norm, what are some? I know you've, uh, you've mentioned House before as yeah. well. So we use uh, so
0: Shopify Plus, ClaviO. We use NorthBeam for MTA. We use NorthBeam's beta for MMM. Uh, what is MTA? What's MMM? Multi-touch attribution. So that's okay, like an yeah. attribution yep. tool. Again, everybody's got like different opinions. Yeah. I, I think you can go really deep. I, I thought you were a triple well guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta edit that part out. <laughs> yeah. No no comment. Um, everyone's got different opinions. Like we use it directionally. I don't think anything is accurate on the attribution. It's just directionally. We kind of just use like a one-day click for that. Um, MMM, because now that we are spending more and we're trying to do more upper-funnel stuff, like that really doesn't get captured by a click platform because like have a YouTube viewing happens on a TV. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to, to test with other ways. And then yeah, house has been great. So that's what we use for geo testing as well. We don't have a data warehouse yet. We're probably going to go to like Dacity or something like that because um, it's just, we're, we're getting to that size. Um, I'm trying to think what else. NetSuite. NetSuite we use, PostScript we use for- um, Texts. For, for SMS as well. I
2: feel like that's like the, the majority,
0: Octane AI for quizzes. hmm
2: what do you use for landing
0: pages? Is it also uh, Replo? We use Replo for landers. And
2: yeah. how many landers do you have running at any given time?
0: Not a ton. Probably again, I think we can do a better job of testing more and testing more aggressively. Um, so not a ton it hasn't been a focus. We've probably got like three or four. Um, wow! But not not a, not a lot. That's
2: nothing. Yeah, yeah. three or four is that's so
0: easy to make. No, it's it's not a lot. We I think we got a wow. little complacent, and we just got to take the time to focus on it.
2: And how do you decide, um, this isn't related to marketing, yeah. how do you decide how many shades of Miracle Balm there should be? Like, why aren't there 50? Why are there a it's dozen?
0: A, it's a good question. Um, a, we we want to make sure we look at the data and that they're being incremental and they're yeah. not cannoli- yeah. cannibalizing from another shade. Um, B, um, you know, I guess aware of the paradox of choice and if we know yeah. that that's our top product that we spend on and most people's biggest objection is how do I find my shade? Yeah, The more shades oh, we add, point. the more complexity it adds. Yeah. So I, I think that's it. And part of our message is, you know, You don't need a lot of products. So it's a little hypocritical if we then have 50 different shades. Yeah. Wow.
2: That's a great answer.
1: Uh, What
0: what we'll do often is we'll, we'll launch one uh, limited edition. So either in like a kit. So like our anniversary kit, we called it the Bobby kit and we had a new shade in it sold through, you know, 25,000 of the, of the kits and people are in our Facebook group and on social are like begging for us to bring it back. So we'll kind of do that. We've, we've done some limited edition and people didn't care for them and, you know, we don't really bring them back. So that's partly how we do.
2: How many of your ads have Bobby in them? You said like Uh, one of the great ones was the origin story. How many other ones uh, have have
0: them? I would say over 50% of them. Wow. Okay.
2: And does everyone recognize her instantly or does she have to be like, I'm like, you know, the name I recognize. Uh, do people recognize her in like you know, or is it sort of like, oh, you're Bobby Brown?
0: A little, a little bit of of both. I think a lot of people know the name, but they don't necessarily know there's a person behind yeah. it. Um, and then I think a lot of people recognize her as well, so it, it just performs yeah. better. But we we want creative diversity, so we want different things working, and and you know, not just her because it appeals to some people, but other things appeal to others.
2: Yeah, yeah. When I um, I'd seen Bobby Brown and her, certainly heard of it, and when I found out that was a person, I was like oh, of course, this should be a person. Yeah, like, you know, same oh, way. yeah, there's a person. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah,
2: It's just been around for so long. You just assume it's like, you know, Procter & Gamble. It's been here forever.
1: <laughs> All right, Cody, as we wrap up, one thing you're going to do next year's Black Friday that you maybe wish you did better this year or didn't anticipate for that other people can also learn from? That is a good question. That's a really good one. I'll moment. tell you what, yeah. what I was thinking for okay. that was, I think uh, next year, two things I'm going to focus on. Mm-hmm. One is brand building, like okay. getting people to associate the brand name with a product they want to buy, probably starting around summer. The second thing is um, building those lists. Like mm-hmm. you had the signup list for people to jump on the sale. The brands that that had that this year just crushed. I mean, they mm-hmm. had a guaranteed you know, quarter million or half a million coming in as soon as that message went out. I think you're right about that. I, not to take a cop out, but I think it's pretty much
0: that. I think it's... For us, it's 20, 25 percent of our revenue in that month or in in the season. And it's so hard, especially for like a performance marketer to kind of put those dollars into things that, you know, you're hoping pan out later in several months. But I mean, the data is pretty clear. I think now that we have had some success with it, it gives us a little bit more confidence to put more and start building that funnel earlier. And so I, I would get more aggressive with it and. You know, even if you're a smaller brand, like it might be list building, you know, doing swaps, you know, email swaps. Like there probably are some free or cheap ways to do it that you don't mm-hmm. have to put into TV ads. But yeah, I, I would definitely think about it. I feel like the data is pretty clear that like very few people are buying from a brand new brand during that season. That's already something they've considered for a while. Yeah.
2: So basically put dollars towards a list and nurture it earlier so that on Black Friday you can hit a lot more people. Yeah. yeah. Do you find the Black Friday customer to be not as strong as like other t- like um you're not discounting so it's a little bit different yeah. but like is black friday customer more discount focused or are they just as strong as other cohorts i think it's not as strong but i think probably it's a little bit stronger
0: than if we were to do a, a discount yeah and also there's a lot of gifting good i have this is just like a conspiracy theory but i think a lot of like it doesn't look good because there's a lot of gifting but so you might buy in, in November, you might gift it to me. I might buy as a new customer in January. So yeah, January we'll acquisition yeah. looks really good, but I think some of that is actually from that gifting. So That's it's a like, great point. I
2: don't know how to measure that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, fantastic. Thanks yeah, so much thanks for, for sharing up, all this. Course, if man. people want to follow you, where should they, aside from like, you know, um, going to Jones Road Beauty and buying yeah. stuff. You know, I don't know how many, per- what percentage of cost- our listeners are male. I would imagine it's the majority. 99.5%. <laughs> uh, so I'm not sure this will get you. A I don't think customers. that's true. So- I- I've
1: talked
0: to a bunch of like female founders. Yeah, and We actually have some that. good, yeah. good female listeners. Shout out to the
2: female listeners. <laughs> a couple listeners. of them. <laughs> uh, awful there are a lot of bad ones, <laughs> yeah. a couple of good ones. Uh, but um, so yeah, how should people s- um, uh, stay in touch with you? Yeah, I-, I hope this was helpful. But again, thanks so much it was for, incredibly for having me
0: on. Yeah, it was incredibly uh, helpful m- for me. Yes. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, twitter at Cody Pluff on twitter have a newsletter um and then a lot of roles we're recruiting for so if anyone is looking for a senior director of growth role that's probably the most important one um hit, hit me up on twitter or linkedin
2: or something and can you spell uh at Pluff on twitter yeah. because i know the uh, last name's a little bit
0: different um so last name is p-l-o-f-k-e-r but uh, twitter is just c-o-d-y-p-l-o-f okay, okay. perfect
2: thanks so much great, great end to season six yeah great i'm excited All thanks right, so th- much th- thanks guys thanks cody Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next time to cut through the noise in CPG,
1: retail, and e-commerce. And if you enjoyed this episode, then why not share it with a friend? And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss the next one.